Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host for the day, Michael. Tim is out today because, unfortunately, his wife and toddlers are uh, a little bit under the weather at the moment. Um, people with kids, I'm sure you know how that feels. Um, so, unfortunately, there is no Tim today, but it is not just me. We are with the Dynasty Don, Matt, who I will be um, introducing shortly. But since Matt is on the podcast today, we have a a little bit of a special episode after the uh, we're obviously going to start with news and notes as we always do. And then once we switch over to the Patreon segment, we are going to have the rankings review and the mailbag as always. But we're also going to have a dynasty and redraft look at some uh, at some hot guys in the uh, Twitter verse and in the fantasy football world at the moment. Um, so you're going to get a dynasty outlook for Matt and a redraft outlook for me. And of course, we're going to go back and forth a little bit as well. Um, if you are listening, appreciate you listening. The second half of the episode, patreon.com slash Fantasy. Please come and support the show. $3 a month, as little as 3 bucks a month, and you can get the rest of the episode. That's what keeps the lights on. That's what keeps the app uh, operating. True Matchup Rank is now on the app. It usually starts to uh, stabilize after four weeks, which is after this week. But we put it up there um, just so people could get um, back to in the, in the groove of using it and all that. It's one of the best tools you could find in fantasy football and it's free on the Broto app. So make sure to download that as well. With that being said, let's jump right into it. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. The only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. All right, all right. Time to get back into the. Oh, there, wait, there you are. What's up, Matt? What up? What up? I forgot to click you in. I, I pulled the classic, pulled the classic Tim, and almost forgot to uh, to tag you in. I was waiting, but uh, you got to let the beat drop and everything for me. Yeah, exactly. Like well, nice to see you, brother. Oh man, it's good to be here. This has been a a wild week to cover, so I'm excited to hop into it. Yeah, man. And uh, Matt, this is first uh, podcast episode of the year. He's been uh, more of a writer slash editor thus far. He's been writing up a storm. If you are not checking out his articles, you are missing out. Uh, It's as simple as that. We have a ridiculous amount of work coming out every single week a lot of it matt transaction tuesday the waiver wire article for me and then yeah, I love it. um a bunch of other work for matt including like dynasty reports and rookie reports and the weekly roundup on monday debbie dives from trenton femi's bets like it's just chock full of tremendous fantasy advice yeah. tremendous fantasy insight betting insight Everything from femi who's for just every player every league like it's it's awesome and, and the boys are just killing it this season keeping up with the the solidity of it all. Yeah, man. Uh, Femi was what? 78% last year on his teasers and uh, is off to a hot start again this year. So the gridiron Greek, he knows what he's doing. Um, With that being said, Matt, should we just dive right into the news and notes here at the news and notes? No, Tim. So it's probably going to be a quicker one, but (laughs) yeah, that's true. Let's see. Let's see if it lasts more than 20 minutes or if it's closer to 40, like it does with Tim. Um, Tonight's game, as you know, we record on Thursday, typically during the episode, uh, during the game. Right now, it's about 730 on the East Coast. So the game hasn't started yet. Um, since Matt is here with me, I was able to start a little bit earlier. Didn't have to wait for Tim <laughs> to start at like 10 p.m. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, we can't really touch the Detroit and 
Green Bay players per se in terms of fantasy value for this week. But we can say that David Montgomery's back this week or tonight. Christian Watson's back tonight. Aaron Jones is back tonight. Um, a lot of big, big changes in those offenses when those guys are active. Um, starting with Christian Watson, who has not played for three weeks. Apparently, he's going to be on a bit of a snap count, but we know that dude is just a, a baller, um, big play threat. What's your outlook on Christian Watson going forward here? Yeah, it's going to be kind of one of those situations where I've been monitoring the usage of that wide receiver room very closely um, specifically with you know the the dynasty super flex kind of thing in mind as well watching Jordan Love and, and who he's progressing to the most I want to see Christian Watson re, you know increase that snap share get a full usage and, and kind of like see it first before I'm going to insert him into that right because you can't really play him on a Thursday so insert him into that lineup and probably next week as well like it's going to be really hard for me to start him in his first couple weeks back especially considering like Romeo Dubs has had a lot of utility Jaden Reed has been there Dontavian Wicks has kind of made a name for himself as well so yeah. it's a crowded room and then Luke Musgrave also rookie tight end who is putting up like historically very impressive numbers yeah, Luke Musgrave has been balling. Let's see how much that is has to do with no uh, Watson and Jones. I'm very curious to see how he gets involved um, in tonight's game as well. Outside of Christian Watson, Aaron Jones obviously returns. A.J. Dillon has been basically Joshua Kelly in, uh, yeah. in Aaron Jones' absence, just doing absolutely nothing. So, I mean, I'm happily putting Aaron Jones back in my lineups. Um, and then David Montgomery returning. Uh, I mean, it's it was supposed to be a multi-week injury type of thing. Apparently, he's good to go. If he's playing on a short week, like I'm not going to question the coaching staff. Uh, let's see. I'm very curious to see if the change, uh, if there will be any changes from Gibbs and uh, and Montgomery from the last time we saw them together. Because the last couple times we saw them together, it was David Montgomery's backfield, really, with yeah. Gibbs switching, uh, you know, spelling him and switching in a little bit. But how do you think? Do you think uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be like throughout the season, just getting more and more work, or you think it's going to be close? to uh like a 50 50 split i do think that it's going to just be a continuous increase in opportunity share for jameer gibbs but i also think that's going to you know a lot of it's going to be passing work and and that's kind of why we see him as such a high upside ppr play and why he was such a strong rookie grab and, and strong mm -hmm. dynasty asset um with that said I definitely think that there's going to be some issues with Jameer Gibbs reaching the rushing volume that we kind of have seen historically from running backs that are drafted that high. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy GQ, who's just been peppering Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers with targets. Concussion or is in the concussion protocol um, officially limited in Thursday's practice. It's a good, uh, good sign in terms of being ready for Sunday. If he plays, you got to just expect, um, typical Jimmy G right if he doesn't and Brian Hoyer comes in how much are we downgrading Adams and Jacoby Myers I'd say a lot and I mean we've seen that team still operate at a pretty high you know rushing pace um, obviously just being behind as in peppering Devonte and Jacoby once again as you said so I I think Brian Hoyer coming in like it might be more of a one wide receiver funnel rather than two you can still expect Devontae to get his but obviously on a much lower depth of target and a much lower value of target at that so and it's worth noting that Jimmy did play like 100% of the snaps he played the entire game and then was evaluated afterwards and wasn't even allowed to speak to media so that, that's kind of yeah that that's where you get like that's not great yeah. <laughs> right so yeah that's pretty 
definitely classic, something to monitor. Classic NFL. Yeah, and definitely something to monitor to like if he can even clear that protocol because it was such a late designation as well. True. Um, Gerald Everett did not practice on Thursday, but that was due to an illness, so he'll likely play. But if he doesn't, um, the Raiders defense has been giving up double-digit points on average so far this year to opposing tight ends. Donald Parham is a uh, red zone machine, apparently. Would you? Uh, how would you feel about Parham if uh, Everett ends up missing this game? High upside tight end streamer for sure. And, and I mean, he seemingly kind of is earning that title already with just the insane amount of red zone work he's been getting. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, Logan Thomas, after missing last week, being limited Wednesday, full today on Thursday's practice. So he's back from his concussion. He was off to a pretty hot start to the season, especially for the tight end landscape. Against the Eagles this week, um, there is some definite appeal here, I think, as a as a streaming option. Um, it's still Logan Thomas. You have yeah. any... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't well, I wouldn't be like excited most, to start Logan I Thomas. The interesting but... thing about Logan Thomas, you know, even missing a game was the fact that Cole Turner, who has been, you know, nothing shy of essentially a meaningless asset, um, led the team in targets last week when they were getting absolutely smashed on by the Bills and having to pass at a frenetic pace. So I think that's very interesting. A Sam Howell that has to attempt over 35 passes is looking at a lot lower depth of target. And I, I do think that that can benefit Logan Thomas in the long run. Like he yeah, can be will, a sneaky rest of season, you know, guy that you add as a streamer accidentally and then just end up plug and playing for the eight points per game that he's given you. Yeah. I will say this. I'm in a 14 team league um, where I had, um, had not drafted a high tight end. I had like Cole Komet, Joan Johnson, both not working out. And I picked up Logan Thomas. I'm starting him this week. So when it comes to guys like that, Joan Johnson has been a huge letdown for me. I thought he was going to be a lot better. Yeah, me um, too, man. This year. I but... thought that Saints offense was, even in three games, it's, you know, I still thought it would be better than it is now. Yeah. And Brees Hall. Brees Hall upgraded to full for Thursday's practice. We played almost half the snaps um, last week. It Love looks like he's, it. yeah, it looks like he's gearing up again, just the more and more. Uh, more and more touches. As we, I'd as love to see him, but I'd love to see him more involved in the passing game, um, likely a negative game script against the Chiefs. Do you have a, uh, look, Brees Hall has been very, very underwhelming outside of week one. Do you think this offense, like if Trevor Simeon takes over uh, or who knows, Zach Wilson somehow starts playing better, but do you see a path where Brees Hall returns back to that, you know, top 10 upside rather than the middling RB2 flex play that he's been since Zach Wilson took over? Yeah, and I, I do. And, and part of the big reason that that is, is like you look at what he does on such a small amount of touches. It was his calling card last season that pushed him up to that, you know, RB2 overall in Dynasty because nobody was ever going to surpass Bijan. But I, I absolutely and I always felt even with a, a, a pitch count that Brees Hall was still like hard to bench um, in, in any league for that matter. Like yeah. what he can do on a limited touch count and on a bad offense has always been same with Iowa, like, you know, Iowa state. So he's always been highly valuable True. on bad offenses. And that that's again, kind of his calling card is just big plays. And no, he doesn't have the 92 yard breakaway speed and, and it might be even reduced. Now you certainly saw it in week one where he couldn't quite break away for that long touchdown, but it was still a 65 yard gain or what have you. Yeah. Um, it might, that might be like a little bit 75 reduced. plus, but yeah. Yeah. And, and the scoring ceiling obviously is going to be capped with whoever they have at quarterback that isn't named Aaron Rodgers. but absolutely, man. I definitely think that Brees Hall can still be at minimum ceiling of like a low end RB one. 
Yeah. In San Francisco, we got a little bit of a swap from last week. Brandon Ayuk practiced on Thursday, shed the non-contact jersey, so he's looking very, very, um, very good to play this Sunday. Meanwhile, Debo Samuel, ribs and knee, did not practice on Thursday. He's um, Shanahan said he was day-to-day. Obviously, we saw him get banged up in that Giants game. He did return, but not practicing on Thursday is obviously a big deal. How high are you willing to rank uh Brandon Ayuk heading into week four against the Cardinals if Debo is unable to go wide a wide receiver one like wide receiver 12 yeah. 13 yeah and I mean if they both go I would have Ayuk comfortably ahead and, and yeah maybe just two spots positionally but like in overall rankings as well like as long as they're on the field together it's going to be the Brandon Ayuk for me I and I, I think it's really starting to show and and did start to show for the last six games of last season as well yeah uh, Devontae Smith didn't practice today, but again, that was also an illness um, similar to someone else that we mentioned had an illness. I'm already blanking on the, the illnesses Gerald here. Everett. Gerald Everett. Yeah, there you go. There's the memory, um, the encyclopedia. <laughs> but obviously, uh, he should be good to go Sunday as long as he's in some uh, crazy illness. This is a, a big loss for the um, Green Bay Packers. Again, they play tonight, but David Bakhtiari placed on injured reserve. Um, he's not going to be there for the next four games he just he's been getting injured over and was, over, yeah. over the last several years it's but, rough yeah i mean there's not much else to say besides that i mean it's rough obviously it doesn't help losing an offensive lineman but the packers have had to learn to play without him over the last several years anyways anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah anthony richardson full participant in thursday practice he's officially back uh going up against the rams this week you are you just happily placing him right back into your starting line you have to yeah yeah you have to i mean he almost had a qb1 performance in, in less than two quarters of play yep. so like you legitimately you have to and, and on that note for those that you know didn't pick up the dynasty market report this week like gardner Minshew is somebody that must be rostered in Superflex leagues and no it's not something that you would hope on any player but we've already seen the type of damage that anthony richardson is willing to take to be able to supplement his lack of passing with incredible rushing ability right he's willing to put his body on the line for those yards and Gardner Minshew is a must own player in super flex leagues yeah because he uh he's he's also just pretty good he's pretty good (laughs) fine numbers as exactly like I wish the Jets had Gardner Minshew Jameis Winston like there's yeah Mike White could have kept right yeah man (laughs) first pass attempt 69 yard touchdown nice don't get me started. Uh, Saquon Barkley, this is a very, very interesting one. Limited uh, participant in Thursday's practice. The issue with the Giants and with Saquon Barkley is that they play Monday night against Seattle. So there is yes. going, there are going to be some very tough decisions made surrounding Saquon Barkley. We know it was a high ankle sprain. We know so far he only missed this one week in week three. It was a Thursday game in week three and now a Monday night game. You literally cannot. It's basically, it's almost a, a free bye week for the Giants. Um, getting right. 10 days in between two games here, which was perfect timing for Barkley. If he's able to go, it's it's helpful that he practiced on Thursday. But if he doesn't go, you either have to start Matt Breida, if you have him as a Saquon Barkley manager, who is just a huge downgrade to begin with, or you have to just hope Gary Brightwell finds the end zone if, you're, um, if you really wait till Monday night and he's scratched, or you have to replace Saquon Barkley. And that's a big... Uh, a big concern for Saquon Barkley manager. So I have a question, Matt, let's, let's play a game. Um, at what level would you start someone over 
uh, Saquon Barkley. So I'm going to say a running back, and you're going to say to start him or to go with Saquon. Assume like you have the risk. Okay. Yeah. Or take the risk. Assume you have like a, a Matt Breida on the bench at least. But if not, I mean, it could be could be tough. But all right. Uh, Jerome Ford. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put Ford in. That You're already getting right to my baseline because that's the guy that was in my head first. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd go Ford as well. Devin a chain. Yeah, of course, of course. I think I'd go a chain as well. Okay. Uh Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah, I think you have to as well there because he still, I mean, his backfield, at least like I could probably make this a lot easier. Like at eight points per game. <laughs> like eight points is my if I don't envision this player scoring more than eight points, then I will literally like risk the zero. Because otherwise got, it's like I got a good one for you then. Najee Harris. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it's tough because he has a good matchup against Houston. You can't really get a better matchup than Houston. He sucked in the matchup against Las Vegas again, but I might it's tough, I'm probably going Saquon a, there. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the that's the cutoff. Uh, that like flex territory, uh, low ceiling type of guy. Watch Najee Harris is going to go off. Well, that's kind of. Now. I guess that that's kind of the 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 game theory behind it too. Is like plug in one of those waiver wire available running backs into that RB2 spot, hold Saquon in that flex. And then, you know, you can make a late game pivot if you don't have any better news by the Sunday night slate or the Sunday afternoon slate rather, um, depending on what coast you're on. And, you know, alternatively, like he may play <laughs> or you can, you know, make that Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell swap last minute, but that's kind of what I would rather just sit Saquon in my flex until I have all the information into like that second slate of Sunday games. Yeah. It's going to be a uh, definitely someone to monitor as the Sunday games approach. Um, Austin Eckler, another star running back <laughs> um, practice on Thursday again. Or, Good. Well, finally. Josh Kelly's Bonds. Yeah, but the issue here, I think uh, an issue here is that the Chargers have a week five bye. Um, yep. They could try to play it safe with Eckler. On the other hand, they are the Chargers. They do just tend to lose every game they play for the most part. Um, not against, uh, but like they try to lose no. as, as much as they can. That, that going forward at their own 25 against Minnesta. Did not get it. That was that. Every, I think everyone in the world Brandon was like, "Yo, he's like the analytics guy." Yeah, man. Like, and he like was yo, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm all for going for and a fourth downs and all that, but you're up by four with two minutes left of your own twenty-five. Like, what are you doing? And they gave almost it to Josh Kelly, as, right? Like, yeah, almost as bad as Josh McDaniels thinking that an eight-point possession is a, or eight points is a two-possession game. Yeah, word. That dude. That. Yeah, don't get me started with that Josh McDaniels <laughs> call for the for the field goal. I was laying in bed with my with my girlfriend and I was like, yo, what the fuck is this guy doing? And she was like, Why are you so mad? And I explained the whole situation to her. She was like, That can't be right. I was like, Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's right. This guy's kicking a field goal when hoping to get the ball back to go score another touchdown because another field goal doesn't mean shit with like a minute and no timeouts. She's well, like, with yeah, with the amount of timeouts, the three stoppages with zero clock would have left him 12 seconds. Yeah, it was just absolutely absurd call. Like I would have if I owned the team, I would have fired him. <laughs> it's like you clearly have no idea what you're doing in terms of time management. But anywho, you obviously play Austin Eckler if he plays. Um, yeah, Joshua Kelly, if Eckler's out or Saquon Barkley. 
Barkley. Saquon. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua Kelly has been horrendous. That's a bad, bad miss by me. I thought he'd be at least semi decent. He's getting the touches, but the guy just sucks. Um, Bryce Young, Frank Reich said Bryce Young is trying towards playing in week four against the Vikings, a tremendous matchup for the rookie quarterback to um, try to put together his uh, his best game of the season. He struggled a bit in the on, in the early going and Andrew Dalton went wild last week over 300 Andrew. yards, two touchdowns Yep, Andrew Dalton to Adam Thielen, who had a, a huge game. I am of the belief that Adam Thielen want, uh, like I prefer Andrew Dalton in for Adam Thielen. Yeah. But if Bryce Young returns, I'll probably knock Adam Thielen down from like a low end wide receiver two to like a low end wide receiver three. Like I think it's Bryce Young has not shown the ability to really like I don't know command an offense yet. So no, we'll I, see how I, I absolutely. And, and there was there was a lot of positives to say about Bryce from like an overall film and analytic perspective. Like even looking at his first two games, although obviously the success and statistical prowess wasn't necessarily there, there were there were a lot of positives to go to. And then you see Dalton walk into the exact same offense and just like destroy inside of it, and you go, "Oh, this might be a little more on Bryce Young than I thought." <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it has to hurt. I know it's very very early in the season. But it has to hurt seeing uh, if you're a Panthers fan or a, or Frank Reich seeing what CJ Stroud has been Stroud able to do doing. in the and Demico Ryan's offense too, like one that's not necessarily as quarterback friendly as a Frank Reich one as well, or so we yeah. thought. Like, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, CJ Stroud is balling. Let's see if Bryce Young, now that he's uh, in line to return, if he could uh, if he could get going here. Uh, Justice Hill practice on Thursday. He missed Week Three's game. If he does play, um, which it seems like it, you have to assume he gets his normal allotment, 40 to 50% of touches. But I'm not excited about anything in the – like any any running back in this offense right now. Like the the, whole, the passing mm-hmm. offense has been bad. Like Todd Monken was supposed to come in and make this, uh, this offense thrive, and I feel like it's just been a struggle nonstop. Yeah, he was supposed offense. to be like – god descending upon lamar jackson right like what he did with stenson bennett and and the brock bowers breakout you know funneling that through mark andrews and it just has not been what anybody expected the nfl is a different game my friend yeah rashad bateman and obj both did not practice on thursday so we could see a lot of nelson Aguilar again in week four I'm glad that you said that because it is it is a lot of Nelson. Like you're going to keep seeing a lot of Zay Flowers. That's every single game, no matter who's healthy. But yeah. it, it's true, man. Nelson Aguilar is actually has some flex appeal without Bateman and, and OBJ in that lineup. Absolutely. Jalen Waddle out of concussion protocol. He's on track to play. This isn't like when you return from a concussion. It's not something that slows you down. Um, put Jalen Waddle back in your lineup. Simple as that. And then lastly, we'll we'll touch on your New Orleans Saints here, Matt. Derek Carr, there's no timetable okay. on a return right now from a sprained AC joint. Uh, Jameis Winston came in, and the Saints gave up a 17-0 lead to lose 18-17. A, a brutal loss, like giving up a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter, I believe it was, right? Like they were up 17 tip entering a fourth quarter. After losing your quarterback, like that already like sinks your team's esteem, and then to just end up blowing that game was just a huge, huge loss for the Saints. And now they're going to have to move forward with Jameis Winston. I know you believe in Jameis Winston as a quarterback. Um, So, are you downgrading Olave Thomas or any of those guys in his return? 
downgrading everyone kind of like but Olave. If Jameis Winston plays the style of quarterback that he's been known to play and even played for the first four weeks of the season that Andy Dalton took over when Jameis hurt his back uh, last year, like he supported Chris Olave's record-breaking air yards game where he had 330 air yards, the third most all-time and most of any rookie in any game ever. And then the following week, 27.3 fantasy points as the wide receiver four overall. Like that was Jameis Winston. And, And Michael Thomas was healthy at that time as well. Like this was also before Michael Thomas's ankle injury popped back up. And it's, I kind of like Rashid Shahid even a little more than Michael Thomas, because again, in those other games, like now long, long lost. And, and obviously we all waited on, on a very long breakout for Traquan Smith, but like Traquan Smith had a, you know, eight reception, 107 yard and one touchdown game under Jameis as well. So yeah, yeah I, I like him as he, I think he can support deep threats and, and Olave may arguably the, be the best one in the NFL. I mean, we know he could sling it. That's uh, yeah. there's no questioning yeah. that. Exactly. And then lastly, sticking with the Saints, Alvin Kamara's return. Jamal Williams is on IR. Kendra Miller, Tony Jones, and company are there. I personally, I'm happily putting Alvin Kamara right back into my lineup. I'm above consensus on him in the rankings. We'll be discussing that on the Patreon side of the podcast. But any any qualms putting Alvin Kamara right back into your lineup, even with Jameis Winston there, not Derek Carr. Uh, no, man, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Definitely inserting him into lineups. Obviously worth being said that Jameis isn't much of a check down quarterback, but obviously that that rushing game has also been so abhorrent as well that I think Kamara is going to get, you know, 18 carries on top of whatever targets spill over. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, that is the news and notes section. As we mentioned, we are going to be switching over now to the Patreon side of the episode. Uh, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to support as little as as $3 a month for the podcast, for the Waverwire podcast, for the Discord, and tons of other perks. And you don't have to listen in the Patreon app either. Um, You could connect it to Spotify, um, Apple, listen straight from there if you are a patron. So that's a nice little... uh, Nice little thing that they added this year. That's a um, nice perk. Yeah, nice little perk. So we will we will be there to be this. We're going to be discussing the redraft and dynasty values of a few guys, going over our rankings, going through the mailbag, of course, which is a perk as well in the Discord. Ask us any questions and we will answer it. We have a guy who asks us every week what our dinner is. So all questions will be answered, no matter how interesting or wild they get. But all right, thank you guys for listening and see you in uh on Patreon. Later.